0: On the first Wednesday of each month, Jackson Healthcare's new hires participate in an all day immersive learning experience. We hope sets them up to thrive not only in their jobs and in our company, but in their lives. In one of the sessions that day, I facilitate conversations and thinking on community impact. I open that session by asking how many nonprofit organizations they think are in Metro Atlanta. The room is dead silent. I start to encourage them, I say, be courageous, just guess, 500, one finally says, breaking the silence, no, 5,000, another jumps in. And we spend a few minutes, often landing on a range of between like 200 and 100,000 local nonprofits. Then I ask them how many nonprofits they think are in our state. More silence, more guesses. How about the US, I ask, audible groans. Uh, all around the room how about the world the silence returns i love doing this because few of us really know how many charitable organizations are in our backyard much less our region our state or beyond when i advance the slide and reveal these numbers our folks are shocked and when i share these numbers with you you will be too Welcome to Generosity at Work, a podcast that explores the ways generosity is at work in our workplaces and how it's at work in the world. I'm Keith Jennings, a Community Impact Executive with Jackson Healthcare, and in Episode 5, we will complete our introductory journey through the science and structure of generosity in our work lives. If you haven't listened to the previous four episodes, I want to encourage you to do that before jumping into this one. In this episode, we're going to take everything we've learned so far and frame a strategy that maximizes the impact you and your organization can have on its local community and beyond. We hope you stick around, but more importantly, we hope this podcast encourages you to go beyond profit in your workplace and make generosity part of your strategic priorities. Okay, so how many nonprofits are out there? In metro Atlanta, we have around 40,000 nonprofits, according to the estimates I've seen. These range from single-person, part-time ministries to mega brands like the American Cancer Society. In the state of Georgia, there's an estimated 57,000 nonprofits. In the U.S., there are 1.8 million nonprofit organizations, and there's an estimated Ten million charitable organizations in the world. That's a lot of good going on, but that is the problem. We've got about 2,000 associates in Atlanta. How on earth can our 2,000 people make a difference with the 40,000 nonprofits in our backyard? As opportunities to serve and support local, regional, national, and international organizations present themselves, how will you know which ones to say yes to and which ones to say no to? And how can you do this in ways that are fair and equitable? Trust me, once word gets out that you or your business is serious about charitable partnering and investing, nonprofits will Present themselves. And not just nonprofits, every associate and executive in your organization will want their causes to be prioritized. If we try to be everything to everyone, we'll wind up being nothing to no one. There are simply too many charitable organizations and important causes out there for you or I to make a dent. Or is there? Whether or not you're a baseball fan or not, just hang with me for a minute. Ted Williams played his entire Major League Baseball career with the Boston Red Sox. He began his historic tenure in 1939 and played his last game in 1960. To date, he remains the last player to hit over 400 in a season, and his 482 on-base percentage is the highest of all time. Williams published a book in 1970 called The Science of Hitting. In it, He broke the strike zone down into 77 baseballs. So seven baseballs across, 11 baseballs down. And then he calculated his batting average for every ball in the strike zone. He called the cluster where he had the highest probability of success his happy zone. Williams' rigorous focus on where he could make the biggest impact as a hitter inspired an up-and-coming investor to use a similar approach To find his sweet spot. That investor is Warren Buffett. Ted Williams had his happy zone. Warren Buffett has what he calls his circle of competence. Buffett has said he has an advantage over Williams. Williams played a game in which there were only three strikes. If the ball wasn't in Williams happy zone, but it was in the strike zone, He had to swing. Buffett plays a game in which there are no called strikes, meaning he can watch a thousand pitches go by and only swing when he knows he can knock it out of the park. When it comes to generosity at work, we should take a similar approach. We should define what our circle of impact looks like this prevents us from trying to support every cause that presents itself and helps us develop a clear focus when and where we can make a real measurable difference. Um, there are two places you can start. Now, the most obvious place uh, when thinking about your circle of impact is to look at your industry. What business are you in? Or more specifically, what business are you really in? At Jackson Healthcare, We're in the healthcare staffing business, but the business we're really in is improving access to healthcare services for patients in all 50 states. We do this by sending physicians, nurse practitioners, and other clinicians to hospitals, clinics, and facilities that need them. If we don't get providers to those cities, patients won't get treated. This has guided us to look for other ways we can solve healthcare access challenges in local communities uh, through nonprofit partnerships. A second place you can look uh, as you're thinking about your circle of impact is your business's origin story. Who started it? When? Why? What values have guided your business over the years? As you've learned in episode one, Jackson Healthcare was founded by Rick Jackson. Rick spent his entire teenage years in Georgia's foster care system. Years ago, he discovered that he created organizations with values and a sense of family he had desperately wanted as a child. And he created organizations that maximize profits so he could generously reinvest those profits into programs that supported the development of young people Throughout the world, we want to improve access to healthcare as well as the well being of young people. That's our circle of impact at Jackson Healthcare. Anything outside of that circle, as important and worthy as those opportunities are, we respectfully decline. So the question is what's your circle of impact? Let's dive a little deeper into the idea and meaning of community impact. The root word in the word community is the word common, meaning shared, belonging to all. I like to think of the word community as common unity. When we share together, it brings us together in unity, and it builds community. The etymology of the word impact is the idea of something pushing into or driving into something else. When a meteorite hits the earth or a hailstone hits your car, it makes a dent that's what impact is it's something that makes permanent change for better or worse once you have defined your circle of impact then you need to create a strategy that activates the collective generosity of your organization now there's many ways to approach and design a strategy for this but a clear place to start is to focus on your people philanthropy programming and partnerships we call these the four Ps of activation. And we'll talk about each of these after this quick break. This program is made possible by Jackson Healthcare, a family of highly specialized staffing search and technology companies. Headquartered in Metro Atlanta, we're powered by more than 2,600 associates and over 20,000 clinician providers covering all 50 U.S. states recognized year after year as a great place to work, our mission is to improve the delivery of patient care and the lives of everyone we touch. We're always looking for bright professionals who have a drive to serve others, grow professionally, and do the wise thing. That's you. Check us out at jacksonhealthcare.com. We've talked about the importance of focus, of defining a circle of impact. Now, let's look at four strategic avenues available to you as you begin to activate your collective generosity. And let's start with your people. What are ways in which you can activate the generosity of your people in order to make a difference in your circle of impact? The most common way to do this is volunteerism. This could be giving every employee a day per year to serve in the community on company time, or it could look like sending teams out to support a specific nonprofit or a few throughout the year. But I want to encourage you to get creative here. Traditional volunteerism isn't the only way to activate your people. What if your organization actively placed executives on nonprofit boards within your circle of impact? What if your specialists offered their skills as as pro bono services, like helping a nonprofit optimize their website or training a nonprofit's leadership team in behavioral interviewing or crucial conversations? What if you or some of your leaders served as mentors or advisors to up-and-coming local nonprofit leaders? Another common generosity strategy is philanthropy. This typically takes the form of sponsorships or grants. Sponsorships are a way to support community events in ways that bring attention to the cause and your brand. Grants are an effective way to invest in specific organizations or programs where you want to make a measurable impact. Some companies have foundations that award grants and scholarships to nonprofits and people, but they may or may not be a fit for your situation. So like volunteerism, think of philanthropy in a much broader context. What if you create a matching gifts program to match your employees' personal donations and volunteer time? You can set an annual max if you want. What if you give employees a specific number of hours each year to serve in the community on company time? What about hosting donation drives for specific community needs such as non-perishable foods, school supplies, winter clothing, or things like that? Now, making an impact through people and philanthropy are what spring to mind when most of us think about corporate generosity efforts. But let's get more innovative, more creative. A third way to activate generosity is through programming. The key to programming is to look for ways you can mobilize your business processes and technologies To serve others. At Jackson Healthcare, we have companies that specialize in staffing and telehealth services. So we've created a global program that provides virtual medical consultations to children and youth in orphanages around the world. Our companies have telehealth know-how, our foundation has a relationship with the orphanages. Why not bring these two together to bring medical care to kids who lack access? Now let's talk about you. What if you created business case challenges or Shark Tank events for local students? Or what if you host in-person or virtual lunch and learns and invite local nonprofit leaders in to share their work with your employees? Or even better, teach your employees about local issues such as food insecurity, houselessness, or suicide prevention. You could partner with your local public school system to provide internships to students with differing abilities or to foster youth. Or you could look for ways to partner with your clients and serve their local communities or your customers' local communities. In your next team meeting, invest five minutes to brainstorm ways your organization can impact local needs through its technologies and experience. This brings us to the final P for leveraging your collective generosity for impact. And that's partnerships. As you activate your people, philanthropy, and programming to support local and sometimes global organizations, you'll discover that a few of these nonprofit organizations are so well-run, so aligned with your generosity focus, and so effective in their community impact that you will want to make a larger longer-term commitment to them. That's when you can commit to one-year or multi-year partnerships with specific organizations, or you can bring together a network of community partners to address a specific problem. Partnerships are where you can deepen your experience with everything we've covered throughout this podcast series. It's where real relationships are formed and lasting impact can occur. Let's recap what we've covered in this initial Generosity at Work series. In episode one, we expanded our thinking from giving back to the bigger idea of generosity, and we talked about what generosity is. The key lesson in this episode was that we must be responsible through our generosity efforts by minimizing any harm our efforts can cause. In episode two, we looked at the science of generosity and how it can significantly impact our health and well-being. The key lesson in this episode was the importance of being consistent in making generosity a regular habit. In episode three, we learned that any task or job can be made meaningful when we understand task significance, which means connecting the dots between what we're doing and how it benefits others. The key lesson in this episode was to be purposeful by seeing the bigger narrative in which we're living and working. In episode four, we challenged the idea that generosity is something we do out there. Generosity starts inside our workplaces and should extend to everyone we touch. The key lesson was to think holistically, and we do this when we consider the needs of all stakeholders. In this fifth and final episode, we've outlined a strategic approach that can help you frame and aim your generosity efforts. The key lesson in this episode is that having a positive impact requires you to be strategic. And this starts with defining your circle of impact. There is one question every organization asks itself, and that's this. Is the work working? In other words, are the things we're doing achieving the outcomes we want? When we can answer yes to that question, we call this success. But there's another question only a few organizations ask. And that's this. Does the work matter? When we can answer yes to this question, we call it significance. When you and I look back on our lives and work, I'm not sure how much time we'll spend reflecting on our successes, but I'm certain we will spend time reflecting on the significance of our lives. Has my life mattered? Has it been meaningful? Have I contributed something of value to the common good? I wanna invite you to join me in this journey towards significance. It starts with generosity, with putting others first, with fostering unity through things we share in common when generosity is at work in our work and workplaces it will no doubt have an impact in and on the world this brings us to the end of season 1 of generosity at work if you've made it through all 5 episodes thank you we're just getting started so please make sure to subscribe leave a review and invite others to listen we hope you'll be with us for season two as we continue to explore how generosity is at work in our workplaces and how it's at work in the world huge shout out to the very talented Dan Riveros who co-produced this season with me and spearheaded all of its post-production and another big thank you to my friend and colleague Kyle Shaddles who leads Jackson Healthcare's creative services and who contributed all of the show's artwork and design finally thank you to Rick Jackson Shane Jackson and Jackson Healthcare for investing in and supporting all of the Generosity at Work efforts we're empowered to do, including this podcast. Generosity at Work is produced by Jackson Healthcare's Love Lifts Community Impact Platform as a free resource for professionals and organizations seeking to go beyond profit and be a force for good for all of their stakeholders. Learn more about us at jacksonhealthcare.com.